When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. It's time to get inside the Giants home. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to the Giants Auto Podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Well, here we go. Week one of the NFL season has arrived and the Giants will renew their rivalry with the Cowboys right off the bat this weekend at MetLife Stadium on Sunday Night Football on NBC. And to delve into the storyline surrounding this matchup, we're now joined by a man you'll see on NBC's Football Night in America leading up to the game. Three-time Super Bowl champ who played 13 seasons, 2010 to 2022 with the Patriots as a defensive back, none other than Devin McCourty. Devin, you got Lance Meadow here on Giants.com. Greatly appreciate the time. Hope all is well. How's everything on your end? Uh, everything's good, man. Enjoying retirement, enjoying the new gig at NBC, uh, getting to know the crew. So it's been a lot of fun. Well, let me be the first to welcome you to the broadcasting industry as you make the transition. That is very nice to see and hear. And let's start with this matchup, Devin, from a big picture perspective. You have two teams from the NFC East that are rivals, and they're both coming off playoff appearances and seasons where they made it to the divisional round. So when you hone in on what exactly you're looking for from each side of this equation, what would be the two biggest storylines? Uh, for one, I think you're talking about opening week, so some variables, some changes that happen. But I think for the Giants side is, what is that Daniel Jones to Darren Waller connection? Is that going to be the connection that really takes this team over the top of not just coming in and winning one playoff game, but possibly winning a division and going in there with home field advantage and playing from that point uh, in the playoffs? And then for the Cowboys – it's is this the year, right? It's Jerry Jones, it's the Cowboys, it's all of the hoopla, America's team. Is this finally the year that you don't just get to the playoffs, but you're back as a Super Bowl contender? Uh, and I think those are the heavy storylines coming in for both these teams this season. Um, but, you know, it's all interesting because you come in with so much energy and it really comes down to just one week, one game uh, when you boil it down to the simplest form. And that's a fair point. You don't want to make it so big, but you also have to come to the realization, Devin, that it's a division game. And you know that carries a little bit more weight. I'm curious, did you like opening the season against a division rival, or did you prefer to maybe wait four or five weeks into the season as you and your teammates gain a little bit more chemistry? I liked it. I liked it from the standpoint of week one has, week one has so many variables. Like I said before, it always came down to adjustments, in the first quarter, the second quarter, uh, halftime, like you were always trying to figure out like, all right, what is this team doing next? But your division opponent was a team usually you played 
year after year after year, any change they had, you were always up to date. You paid attention closely to it. So I always felt like you had a little bit of an advantage going against, going against a division opponent because you were just so familiar with them. Sometimes you open up with somebody in a whole different conference and, and you have to study. I'm watching preseason games. I'm watching this offensive coordinator three years ago. Where So you just had so many things uh, going on, so many moving parts. Division opponent kind of settled that down. You were able to just play football a little bit. Now, speaking of familiarity, from the Giants' perspective, they bring back the same coaching staff. They have the same offensive coordinator, the same defensive coordinator, and clearly, as I mentioned off the top, exceeded expectations, I think, by many last season. From a defensive side of things, with Wink Martindale bringing over a lot of the same personnel, Devin, how much does that help? Meaning, how much can that unit grow this season, knowing that they're not learning everything from scratch? Oh, I think that's a, a huge plus for them. You know, when I went to Giants practice, uh, I've developed a relationship with Xavier McKinney, and I was asking him, man, like, how's camp going? How are you feeling? He just said, I feel so much better this year going into year two in this defense. Because I think for every competitor, every guy in a defense or an offense, yes, you learn how the offense or defense works. So for the Giants in this case, last year they've learned how it works. They learn by the book. This is what I do. This motion comes here. This guideline's here. This is what I do. But I think you start talking about year two in a defense, you start saying like, all right, this is what I'm supposed to do. But if I do this now, I gain a little bit of an edge. They don't know that I can do this. They don't know about this adjustment. So I think for those guys, they're now going into that realm in a division. I mean, in a defense of, hey, we can now take ownership of this defense and not just do what Wink says, but we can find our own little wrinkles that'll take this defense to a whole nother level. And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing with this Giants defense this year. Speaking of new wrinkles, interestingly, the Giants are probably going to showcase at least two rookie corners right off the bat with Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins. And I want to bring your own personal experience into play because when you get drafted by the Patriots, you started all 16 games, Devin, as a rookie. And for individuals that don't realize you started a corner before you moved to safety. So what is it going to be like for guys like Deontay Banks and Trey Hawkins? You know, they got to deal with Brandon Cooks and C.D. Lamb and Michael Gallup, three premier wide receivers. What should they expect come out of the gates here in week one? How fun is this, though, week one? You got Trayvon Diggs and Stephon Gilmore. Gilmore's a defensive player of the year type of guy. Diggs had 11 interceptions, and he just had these two rookies. And what I love about rookies, especially in the secondary, and I say this, and, and this is no disrespect to coaches, but when your rookie's playing, you don't have anybody messing up what you already do well. When you're a rookie playing, it means you've come out in training camp and you've proven that you can compete in the NFL. You've done it day in and day out because that's the only way coaches feel comfortable throwing rookies against some of these top receivers like you just mentioned. And usually the coaches don't have enough time to just say, don't do this, do that, don't. And so those guys just go out there and play free. They play loose. And I think that's what you're going to see. I think you're going to see two guys who have nothing to lose. I remember my first start was against Terrell Owens and Ocho Cinco. I was out there like, man, this is like, this is being a child and getting thrown out there with, guys that are your heroes, guys you look up to. And I think these two guys are going to do that. And I've talked to one of the front office guys uh, in New York when I was at practice. I said, you guys about to start two corners week one? He said, man, these guys have been lights out. They don't blink. They just go out there and they play ball. And I'm I'm happy to see that, you know, primetime game, going out there 
and they're just going to let it hang loose and have fun. And uh, I think it's going to be a competitive game, and those guys are going to go out there uh, and do, I think, a little bit of what they've done all training camp. But they'll have some introductory to the NFL moments. But that's what all rookies, and, and you live through that and you get better. Sure. Now, speaking of those introductory moments, they've had some preseason reps. Like you said, they've had a few months being within the system. But what was the biggest transition, Devin? You mentioned the big lights going up against Terrell Owens and Chad Ochocinco. But is it the speed that they're going to see? Because regular season football, as you can attest to, much different than preseason football. If you can narrow down to maybe one element from an X's and O's standpoint, what do you think the biggest jump will be? For them, it'll be consistency. I think you understand the speed of the game. You're in practice. You're doing different things. But this is the first time where you're going to guard a guy like CeeDee Lamb. You're going to get a pass breakup. You're going to have an incomplete pass. And then you're like, man, they're throwing to this guy again and again and again. <laughs> and that's the difference in the NFL. They understand matchups. They understand getting guys where they want them to be. So you're moving, you're thinking. And now you have to show up each time they come your way. It might be a pass play. Then it might be they block down on the edge and they leave uh, the running back one-on-one -on -one with just you. And that's what they're going to do maybe in the first quarter and then come back in the second quarter and then three times in the third. Like it's over and over again how they attack you and you have to show up for your defense every single time because one bad play, one play where you're a little tired or, you know, your footwork's a little bad, you get exploited in the NFL. And I think that'll be – the lesson they learned. So far, they probably played a quarter here. They played two quarters. They haven't played that full 60 minutes of a game where you have to, your mental capacity has to be on the whole time. And I think this will be the first time that they go in live action for four quarters. And it, it'll just be new. It doesn't mean it'll be bad. It'll be new for them. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? Now, the best way to help a young secondary is a strong pass rush up front. And, Devin, when you look at the Giants-Cowboys, and I'll even throw the Eagles in here last season, there was a noticeable differential in the trenches on the offensive front and the defensive front between where the Giants were versus where the Cowboys and the Eagles were. Based on what the Giants did this offseason, how much do you think they could close this gap as they get a first test right here against a Dallas team that beat them twice last season? I think it's what you mentioned earlier about the defense. It's another year. I think as you go out there and you're in an offense and you're trying to figure out what you need to do, especially up front when, you know, you have protection issues, you got to block this guy, you know, you got to block a guy like Micah Parsons and you're like, all right, we're going to always double him. We're going to bring the backup and chip him. But we have Saquon Barkley in the backfield, so we want to get him out. So we're going to do – like you have so many moving parts in that offense, but now you come back and Daniel Jones is like, all right, I understand the issues that this defense has, but now I understand more about the tools that I have to fix those problems. And I think that is what it comes down to. You have a guy like Brian Dable, who is a great offensive mind, and he knows how to do things with Mike Kaffer on the sideline. But how do you translate that to not just the coaches knowing it, but the players fully understanding and knowing? And I think that's what the Giants will have in this in this next season of every guy will know how to fix problems, and they'll start to be thinking alike of uh, Daniel Jones is going to make a check, but Thomas already knows, and and like. Those are the things that they're going to have, and Waller's going to know now as he gets up to speed. Um, and I think that's the key 
to having those guys, the five guys up front, plus the tight ends and the running backs, how they figure into that. You need to have all those guys on the same page. And I think that's what they're going to have this year, that they just didn't have as much last year. We're talking with Devin McCourty, who you could see on Sunday Night Football on NBC this weekend as the Giants open up against the Cowboys at MetLife Stadium. Former Patriots defensive back, three-time Super Bowl champ. As the huddle is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giants fans with insights, guidance, and solutions. Learn more at CitizensBank.com. You brought up Brian Dable. Well, you cross paths with him, Devin for a few seasons in New England when he was the tight ends coach. And now you've seen what he's done with the Giants from afar. I'm sure you had some level of interaction when you're on the Patriots roster. What jumped out to you when he was an assistant and how impressed are you with what he's been able to do so quickly with this Giants organization? You know, it, it sounds crazy, but I, I, you know, my time at Rutgers in college and, you know, I developed some relationships with, you know, some of the beat reporters for the Giants and they reached out to me and they were like, what are we getting here? How's this going to work out? We just reached out to you two years ago when we got Joe Judge, and now we got another guy with a New England pass. How's this going to be? And I, I told those guys, I said, Dave is a guy who he is himself. He doesn't care really about anything else going on. I remember we had a blue-white scrimmage in New England, and, you know, Josh McDaniels was one offensive coordinator, and Dable was the other. And I was on Dable's team, and I'm playing safety, and Dable gets me – Jamie Collins, and he's like, hey, you guys are going to come on offense. And he puts this whole trick play together that we're going to go do. And, like, that was his attitude. And one-on-ones when he was a tight end coach, he's talking trash to us. He's cracking jokes walking off the field. And I love that he brought that. He didn't change. He said, you know what? This is who I am. When I'm an assistant coach, I'm laughing. I'm joking with the guys. I'm having a good time. I'm not going to change that. I know my role is going to change a little bit as a head coach, but I'm still going to have fun. So that practice I went to, Fridays, he has a DJ come in. They're having fun. Taco truck outside. And I think that's the culture and the atmosphere he's brought to the Giants. It's like, we're going to work hard. And I think that's a little bit of his New England background and other places he's been, Alabama and Buffalo. We're going to work hard. But outside of that, I'm a guy who likes to have fun. We're going to have fun here. You guys are going to be grown men. Do your own responsibilities. Do what you need to do. But let's have fun and win. And I think he's building a, a pretty special culture there in New York. And you see the guys, they want to be there. They're having fun. Uh, and I think that leads to more and more wins as he gets more time in New York. Well, DJ check, taco truck check. That already has been apparent <laughs> in terms of Giants practices. So he's definitely carrying over some New England traditions from that standpoint. You brought up Mike Kafka and Darren Waller. And I want to go there, Devin, because I'm not saying it's identical but it goes to show you Dable's creativeness and bringing other voices into the mix. But Kafka comes over from a Kansas City team where you had Travis Kelsey as the main guy surrounded by smaller wide receivers, but a lot of speed, a lot of elusiveness. And you look at this Giants roster right now, you have Darren Waller, maybe in that Travis Kelsey role, and you have smaller but very versatile wide receivers. Once again, I'm not saying it's the New York Chiefs. But how much of a similarity do you perhaps notice that maybe they are trying to duplicate with the personnel they have a little bit of what the Chiefs ran? Yeah, man, I always say this. You know what you know. You don't try to go somewhere new and, you know, reinvent the wheel. Mike Kafka spent time on Kansas City with Andy Reid. 
there's no better person to learn from than Andy Reid when you're talking about offense. So I think what they're doing is they're building their weapons. All right, this is what we have. We have Darren Waller, who's a speedy, fast tight end, probably the fastest tight end in football. I've I've covered the guy. He's, he's blazing in that middle. But then you also have a, a onslaught of receivers that all do different things, and I think that's what they're going to use. Yeah, we got guys, we got a guy like Slayton who's going to stretch the field vertically. I want to get him the ball. We're going to get Sterling Shepard back going, get him going underneath, catch and run. And then we're going to use Waller inside that tight end, spread him out wide as receivers and say. And I think they're going to mix it up. And then the guy that you're not talking about, Saquon Barkley is also another receiver in that. And I think Kafka is going to start to even do more of it of, hey, we're going to be so versatile and do so many different things that when you game plan us as a defense – you don't know which game plan we're going to attack you with. I think what he learned probably most about Andy Reid from Andy Reid is going to be the adjustments. You might do well against us in the first half and take away some of the things that we thought we were going to do today, but now we're going to reel and bring out all of the other weapons we have in the second half, and we're going to exploit what you did in the first half. And I think that's what I'm anxious to see from this offense. Now that you have more guys that you can use in different ways, how do you not just develop a great game plan going into the game, but how do you get to your kind of secondary and third uh, game plan within the game to show, hey, we can win multiple ways? Yeah, because they certainly have the ability to spread the wealth, to your point. Very similar to what we saw with Kansas City, where sometimes you saw McCole Hardman go off, and it wasn't necessarily Tyreek Hill and exactly. Travis Kelsey. Now, I want to piggyback off of your point about Darren Waller, because once again, you said you lined up against him. Actually, I went back to the archives. I want to commend you, Devin. You did a pretty good job against him in 2020 and 2022 when you played the Raiders. But in all seriousness, from Dan Quinn's standpoint, the Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, they had Daniel Bellinger, the Giants last season, and he had a very productive rookie year. How does he start to change his philosophy here in week one? in his approach to this Giants offense, now that Darren Waller is on the field, which really is a new wrinkle that the Giants did not offer last season. Yeah, I think one of the biggest differences, really the Giants, had, they were one tight end set, you know, with Barringer in there. That was their guy. So you knew coming in, like, all right, we're not really going to see two tight end sets that much. Now you have two tight ends in there. Are we going to see two tight end sets where they line up with both tight ends on the same side and give us this kind of heavy run look? Or is it going to be two tight end sets that look like three receivers with Waller out wide and not the game plan? Do I bring an extra DB in? Do I bring an extra linebacker in? How do I want to kind of play this and defend this as a defense? Are we going to see more run game? We know Waller's not, you know, the really tight end blocker to say, but we put him in there and block a little bit and we give the ball to the guy in the back, Saquon Barkley. He might not need perfect blocking. So how are we going to hold up against the running game and the passing game? I think now that's something Dan Quinn's going to have to see. And now we talk about week one. There's not much footage of this in the preseason of how they're going to attack you. So now the Cowboys are going to have to be ready to adjust. If they do get more tight end looks than they two tight end looks than they thought, or maybe they don't, they get a, uh, you know, Waller in there, then Barrett, they go back and forth. So they'll have to figure it out as the game kind of unfolds. Speaking of the offensive side of the ball and how the Cowboys will react, Daniel Jones coming off a solid campaign. He cut down his turnovers. He stayed healthy. And I think there's a lot of encouraging signs with respect to the Giants' offense. How much, Devin, based on what he did last season and the weaponry that was added? And I really want you to take us behind the scenes as a defensive-minded player who's now going to study up on Daniel Jones. How much does your perception change of the Giants' quarterback 
based on what you saw him do last season? Or does it really not, you think, register that much differently in the minds of the Dallas Cowboys this season, considering they've seen him up close and personal already? Yeah, I don't know how much it changes from last year, but I think the previous years, we didn't know who Daniel Jones was because Daniel Jones was trying to figure out because he had all these different offensive coordinators coming in. He had so many people telling him different things. I think last year with Dable coming in there, and when you look at Daniel Jones, and I'm not saying he's exactly the same as Josh Allen, but when you look at Daniel Jones and you look at Josh Allen and he put Brian Dable in the middle of it, you had a guy in Buffalo that I saw a lot in Josh Allen who was very raw, a lot of skill sets and tools that not many quarterbacks had but he had to kind of bring it all together, kind of get the mental aspect of playing quarterback. And then you take Daniel Jones, who had a lot going on, different tools that we didn't get to fully see. And then he has a guy like Brian Dable come in, calm it down and say, hey, look, this is how we want to play. And I think people saw last year like, oh, man, you turn on that playoff game, he's running, he's throwing, he's doing so many different things to win a ball game. And I think that's what we're going to see. Now Daniel Jones is still going to have the capability to tuck the ball and run and maybe some design QB runs here and there. But now he's going to have so many different weapons inside uh, of the field, outside the field, at running back position. He's going to be able to do so many different things with Dable and Kafka in his ear. He's going to start to learn like, hey, I can do these different things, but you know, maybe with four minutes to go in the fourth quarter, that's my time to do different things. It's my time to tuck the ball and run and add that 11th weapon to this offense of my legs. Like he's going to start to establish and see, all right, I can start to take complete control of not just this offense, but I can take over a game when it matters the most. And I think that's the evolution and the next step uh, for Daniel Jones this year. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? And that could come out to be beneficial when you're going up against Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and <laughs> you're trying to keep those two guys off guard. You want them to be running east and west and north and south. As this is the Giants Auto Podcast with former Patriots defensive back, three-time Super Bowl champ Devin McCourty. A reminder, Giants fans love a winner, and it's why they love Citizens, named a 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by the banker as the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of the huddle. Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. From the Cowboys' perspective, Devin, they're bringing back their core, but Kellen Moore is no longer there. He's now the offensive coordinator for the Chargers. Mike McCarthy is going to take over play calling for the first time since 2018 when he was with the Packers, and he brings in Brian Schottenheimer. How much do you think this Cowboys offense could potentially change and evolve with McCarthy back at the controls this season? That's what we all want to see. And I know it, it didn't go perfect for the Cowboys in the playoffs. But when you look at the Cowboys team, you know, over the last couple of years under Kellen Moore, that offense, you don't really walk away and say, hey, man, Kellen Moore and that offense is the problem. Like, they put up great numbers. They've been one of the top sure. offenses in the league year in and year out. So I think one of the hard things for this team is going to be all the pressure is on the offense. You got rid of a guy basically because you said he's no good. And now you have to show why he was no good. You have to come out and be a top five offense. You have to come out and produce – and then eventually you have to go win playoff games, which puts so much pressure week in and week out on McCarthy and that offense because the standard is still so high. So I'm really anxious to see. I don't know what makes this offense different. I don't know what 
the play? Do they run the ball more? Is that like, is that what they felt like they were missing? Let's run more. But like Pollard probably won't be out there a ton to start this season. So now you're trying to figure out, all right, do we want to give the ball more to somebody that's going to be new in there playing for us? Or do we want the ball in Dak Prescott's hand and say, Hey, we want you to go win the game. So like, that's what I'm, I want to figure out about this offense because there's defense, like you said, they bring a lot of guys back. They should kind of hit the ground running, especially adding a guy like Gilmore on the other side of Diggs. They should really go and really lead this team. But, you know, it's America's team. If, if it doesn't go well week one on the offense and then it, it kind of dribbles into week two and three, that's going to be the talk. And I think that really could derail that team because anytime they get a lot of media hype or, or negative talks, I feel like it impacts that team more than any other team in the NFL because of, the, you know, Jerry Jones and ownership. Just so much history goes into that team that it makes it tough for them to kind of go out there and be successful on Sunday. Drama never lacking when it comes to the National exactly. Football League. There's no doubt about that. To emphasize, though, a point that you brought up, I agree with you, Devin. Mike McCarthy's come out and he said they want to run the ball more, but given Tony Pollard's injury and also going back to what we were talking about, if the Giants are going to throw out, Two rookie corners, I would think, Devin, right? From an offensive standpoint, you want to keep the ball in Dak's hands and you want to test that giant secondary right away here in week one. Yeah, you, you got to see what's going on out there, right? You, you know, and I know yeah. guys like Sauce Gardner and, and Stingley uh, a year ago were rookies and Sauce Gardner ends up, you know, being a great corner in year one. But you still, when you played the Jets, you had to, you know, start the season. We got to see what Sauce is really about. It's the same thing with the Giants. Banks has been really good. Hawkins has been good. But we got as a Cowboys team, I think we got to come in and say, we got a veteran in Brandon Cooks. We got a veteran in CeeDee Lamb. We got Gallup. We got guys who are proven players in the NFL going against rookies. We got to try to throw the ball and take advantage and figure out like what's really out there. But also, if we're going to say Kellen Moore didn't run the ball enough, we can't just come out and just throw the ball and then let the Giants pin their ears back and send Simmons out their new toy off the edge and, you know, the pressure and that. So I think it's going to be a mix. But again, it goes back to is that mix going to be the perfect solution to fix whatever you felt was the problem last year without your star running back out there? Like, I, find I have trouble saying, you know, we're going to come in a game and hand the ball off you know, 20 to 25 times, but our star guy is not going to be out there. And, you know, we both could be wrong. And, you know, I don't know if it's Deuce Vaughn or somebody else on that roster could step in that running back and we'd be like, wow, they had another guy. We didn't know he's a star and he's going to really produce for him this year. There could always be some tricks up the sleeves of various teams, especially since, like you said, it's the land of the unknown here in week one. There's a lot of newness, even though there's continuity with respect to both of the teams. I'm glad, Devin, you brought up Isaiah Simmons because I'm very interested to get your perspective given you played corner and safety throughout your career. And Isaiah Simmons still a very intriguing player in terms of where he was drafted and the fact that he was a late addition to this Giants roster. And we saw some flashes in the last preseason game against the Jets. What do you think is his ideal fit and how the Giants perhaps could tap into his skill set this season? Yeah, I think the Giants are going to take some time figuring that out. I think the coaching staff, Wayne Martindale, they're going to figure out, all right, what does this guy do well right now? We don't want him to try to learn everything in two weeks that guys have been learning since April. No, we want to figure out what he does well and whether you want to call it a package or put him in in certain situations, play to that to start. Let's get to know him. Let's see where he feels more comfortable. But I think ultimately 
around the ball is where we're going to see him. Maybe it's, you know, that kind of outside linebacker slash DN role where he can come off the edge, he can set an edge, he can drop back sometimes and coverage where you don't know if he's coming or not. I think ultimately that's where he ends up. He's just such a special kind of athlete that, like, you don't watch guys and say, hey, he's going to be on the edge of the line of scrimmage. Oh, no, no, then we're going to put him back 15 yards at free safe. Like, that's unheard of. But ultimately, I just don't think you want to see a guy – that has his kind of talent 15 yards deep every play at free safety like he was playing in Arizona. And I I know he might like that because he does have unbelievable talents and skills to be back there, and he's probably seeing the whole field, and he loves that. But I just think he won't be involved in enough plays all the way back there. He's a guy, because he's so big, strong, and fast, that you want to see him making plays even when they hand the ball off, even when they drop back to pass. Like, you don't want him to be impacted that they can just stay away from him and throw to the edges. You want him in the mix. But I think the Giants will take their time figuring out exactly where they think he can be uh, the most productive player he can possibly be. And I think probably around week four or five, we'll probably see an uptick in maybe his plays and what he can do compared to the early weeks uh, in the season. David B., before I let you go, I want to look at this NFC East division from a big-picture perspective. We had three teams make the playoffs last season. You know the turnover rate in the NFL is unreal. My favorite statistic is seven new playoff teams punched their ticket each of the last three seasons in the NFL. So you know it's unlikely we're going to get the same 14 teams back in the thick of things. But there is a lot of depth in this division. Even the Washington Commanders with Sam Howell and Eric Bieniemy are a bit intriguing. How would you best assess going into week one how this division may play out? And do you think there's going to be as much substance as we saw in 2022? I don't. I think you look at the NFC East and the AFC East. They're playing each other this year. Those are probably two of the better divisions in football. I think both those divisions are going to beat up on each other. And I think last year, kind of for each team, you, you figure, all right, when we play the commanders, you know, we should win that game. Not this year. Like this team, I think the commanders will ruin the playoff chances of those other three teams in the division because I think they're going to have a chance to split with at least two out of those three teams in the division because they are better. Sam Howell looks better. I think with the enemy coming, I think not only what he brings from an offensive mindset, the confidence it instills on that offense going out there, taking the field like, hey, we got a guy behind us that knows what he's doing. He's going to get us better. So I think those I think those four teams, they're going to have fun. They're going to be really good. But I think you're going to see one of those teams have a really good record, probably over 10 wins, 10, 11 wins, and maybe still not make the playoffs, which is kind of crazy to think about. But this, I think the parity in the NFL right now overall is so good that we're going to see good teams that – some would consider contenders not make the playoffs. I think it's the same thing in the AFC North. Like, not all those teams can make the playoffs, but I would say Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, Cleveland, if Deshaun Watson is the Deshaun Watson of old. Like, these, you're talking about good football teams might not make the playoffs, and I think that's going to happen even in this division in the NFC East. Yeah, I think that's a great point, and I'm with you. Washington may not make the playoffs, but could very well put its stamp on the division and determine who perhaps survives this gauntlet of teams. He is Devin McCourty. You can see him 
on Football Night in America, Sunday Night Football, Week 1, Giants-Cowboys coming your way this weekend at MetLife Stadium. As just like the rookie corners on the Giants, Devin makes his transition to the broadcasting community. Well, Devin, this was a lot of fun. Can't thank you enough. Appreciate the time and the inside. Best of luck on the broadcast team this year, and I look forward to talking down the road. No problem, man. Hopefully, Week 1, I got my hometown picks. I'm a guy <laughs> from New York originally. I I told Dable he needs to show me some so I can pick the Giants week one over the Cowboys. No pressure, despite the New Jersey ties, <laughs> as you get ready for week one. Devin McCourty with us here on the Giants Auto Podcast. You can catch it on Giants.com, the mobile app, and your favorite podcast platforms. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.